been a while episode 38 of the sol podcast is finally here i am your host kevin andrew and it's been a while uh covid has uh fucked everything up uh as with the motivation for me to do a fucking podcast because what do what do bands even have to talk about and uh all that shit and, and you know the last time i did it um was back in i, I recorded the episode in february the one with four uh four stars and yeah, it was just like we we had no idea one you know in March when things started shutting down how long this was gonna go for. But here we are. It's uh, the end of November. By the time you're hearing this, it's December. That's crazy. Um, but here we are. Uh, I have Michelle and Caitlin from Out of Context, uh, as well as Jake, who uh, he plays in Overgrow. Uh, he came along for the ride, and uh, it was it was funny. Like uh, about an hour into the episode, uh, he was trying to mouth out something to them. It was an answer to a question, and I was like, "Yo, you can you can talk. You're you're here. It's cool." And you know, so so we got to talk to him a little bit. But yeah, I actually recorded this at the end of August, and it's now the end of November. It's just this one. The reason it, it hasn't come out is just because this one was such an, uh, a bitch to put together and edit because. Um, we wanted to do it, uh, you know, safe, so we did it out on my back porch, and we each, since we were so far apart, we weren't, you know, right up close and personal like we, you know, like I usually do. Um, I had them each record their own voice, so you know, you could you could hear each each person's voice clearly. However, cicadas were everywhere, <laughs> so I did my best to edit it. I tried to cut it to where only one mic was on at a time at most parts. Uh, I, I fucked with some EQ to try and get the sounds of the cicadas out of there. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not in Chicago, and or, or even just in North America and you don't know what a cicada is, uh, it just sounds like a constant buzzing noise and it's very annoying. But uh, yeah, you'll, you'll hear plenty of it in this conversation. But I think, uh, you know, what they have to say is more important than the cicadas. Um, Because they're, you know, if if you don't know anything about Out of Context, um, Michelle and Caitlin actually just took it over, and they actually book shows in the Chicago area. And uh, the last show that I attended before COVID was an Out of Context show. It was Bill Murray with Overgrow, so it was funny I, I mentioned it to him in the conversation that like hey this was uh you you were the last show i went to actually because uh, we we went to that at the end of february the guardrail played a couple shows we played a show on march 12th at burlington and that was that was it march 13th everything started shutting down so uh it's been it's been crazy but a couple things uh before we get into the conversation um I guess I'll just knock out a few few updates. So Guardrail, uh, since since the last episode, uh, signed to Open Your Ears Records. We put out our EP titled Yikes uh, back at the end of September. Uh, it's been doing pretty great. If you haven't listened to it, uh, please go check it out. We put a lot of work into those songs. And uh, they're, you know, it, in my opinion, and just from, from what 
you know my peers and people have been saying that you know it's it's the the best guardrail stuff that we've been able to put together and and work out so shout outs to nick diener for producing and doing such a great job in the studio and to uh will beasley for doing a kick-ass job mixing and mastering uh even to joe scaletta for doing the original mastering <laughs> that we ended up not even using and then uh to i, I don't know how to say his whole name but i think it's like sebastarialt or something like that uh for for the amazing artwork and then to adam and neil at uh, open your ears for being so cool to us and uh you know getting us a lot of cool publicity and you know just it, it's just been a it, it's been great to have things to look forward to and uh in this time where we can't play shows and it's stupid uh, I've also, Ken and I started doing the After Supper podcast, which is like kind of just, it's on the same channel. It's just an extension of this. And we, we just, since we can't hang out with, with our friends, uh, we figure, yeah, Ken and I will catch up, we'll, but we'll occasionally have a guest on. But uh, yeah, go check that shit out. It's just us just talking about nothing, really. <laughs> we're just, we're talking about, you know, we, we were talking about current events and the, you know, the presidential races and all that stuff, which, uh, I'm very happy with the results of that election, uh, but that's a, that's a conversation for a whole other day. I'll leave it at this, I think. Uh, there's not much else for me to really say. Um, I think I'm just not going to have a, a little outro at the end, so I'll just plug everything now. Follow the Guardrail social media, you know, it's at Guardrail Sucks, or just uh, Facebook.com slash Guardrail Chicago. Uh, we have merch. Go to, uh, I believe the web address goes guardrailsucks.bandcamp.com. Got t-shirts and, you know, koozies and, and buttons and stuff like that. Go ahead and subscribe to this so you get all the episodes right to your phone or your device or whatever. You know, write us a review. I think there's only been one or two reviews. Uh, I think Ken wrote a review, a review actually. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, I got a new job that I just started today, so... Uh, I had a, I, I did start during during COVID. I started a little customer service Twitter, um, which is Kevin underscore from underscore CS for customer service. So I was just I was just tweeting some of the dumb shit my customers were saying to me. This new job's a customer service job, but it's a little bit different of a company, so probably won't have any gems. But the the kid that took over my job is uh, already sending me some some good ones that I'll be posting soon. So. I guess check that out if you're if you're down for uh, for a laugh or an eye roll. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'll keep this one short. Uh, I am I'm doing another episode. Well, I was supposed to this week, but I think I have to reschedule it for next week. But uh, the, well, I'm I'm gonna try and get back to doing this every month. I was on a roll. I was on such a roll. Uh, but that's life, you know. Uh, anyway, so here's uh, my conversation with. Michelle and Caitlin from Out of Context. All right, we're all recording, so hopefully the cicadas shut the fuck up for a while. Um, episode 38 of the SOL podcast. I am here with Michelle and Caitlin of Out of Context. What's up? Not much due to the pandemic. Yeah. Chilling. Really vibing, you know. Yeah, this is the first one of these I've done since then. I was like, I was on a roll, like doing this at least once a month 
and then the pandy started and then here <laughs> the we are pandy. <laughs> here we are five months later we haven't done like uh anything really since uh march march 10th was our last show God, it hurts. You saying the date, like I felt my heart break in my chest. Yeah. March 12th, we played at Burlington, and then the next day it was like everything shut down. The weekend <laughs> that like all the shutdowns were happening, we had a show every, like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of that weekend. And like at first we were told we had to cancel the Saturday and Sunday one, but the Thursday and Friday ones were fine. And then it was like constant, like bands were backing out. So then we'd fill it, and then someone would back out again, and we fill it, and the venue would be like, we had to cancel. Oh wait, no, we don't have to cancel. It was, there was a day that Jake walked into the house and I was drinking a White Claw at like 10.30 in the morning and he took it away from me. He's like, we don't do that right now. <laughs> Dumped it down the sink. Yeah, um, I think March was supposed to be our biggest, our biggest show month. I think we had like 14 shows booked. Yeah, um, we had almost every single week weekend, um, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, pretty much every weekend through July in the beginning to almost end of April. We had filled up almost every single weekend. Um, and then we started our benefit concert series. So we had uh, shows booked all the way through July for benefit concerts. Yeah, we played excited. one of those in February. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had things booked all the way through July. Um, I think we even had some things starting for September and just slowly every day we'd get a band that backs out or an agent that would email us and say what are you thinking and it got to the point where i think after about like march probably april 1st uh we just canceled everything we were like yeah. we have yeah, to yeah everything was just like like we were we were gearing up to like put a record out and like we were we were in the process of like you know securing our ep release show for it yeah. and everything and and then we had some other shows that we had in mind, and then we, we got booked to open for Bowling for Soup, which would have been fucking sick. Oh, and then everything got postponed and then canceled. So That was like the <laughs> like, hardest part too, because we had like five or six EP release shows between March, the end of March and the beginning of August. Yeah. And it was like, I was talking to these bands like, yo, I'm sorry, but I, I don't know that's gonna be safe. I don't wanna announce this. Yeah. Cause we were at a point where I was like, I'll keep it on the calendar, but like, we can't announce something in the middle of a pandemic if we don't have a date that sounds safe. So we have things started opening up and it was gonna be like, you can have indoor events up to X amount of people or whatever. We were gonna be like, okay, like we'll buy hand sanitizer. We can get out of context masks made, whatever like that if we need to. But like, if we didn't have a timeline like that, what were we supposed know, to do? I know, it just escalated so quickly and then just like never really got better. Yeah, and I think the hard thing, too, is that bands would be, like, a show would cancel in March, and they'd be like, okay, let's do it in June. And we were like, mm. I know, right? Like, like I, two weeks later, we'd have it all set up. We'd be like, all right, June 26th, we got it. And, like, two weeks later, we're like, mm, doesn't look like June's going to work. Yeah, and then, like, we had stuff that was, like, we were booking for, like, the end of August. Because at that point, it was, like, April. I was like, dude, there's no way we're not going to be back to shows in August. Yeah, the Bowling for Steve show got pushed back to, um, and it, then, like, it would be this Thursday. May it, came it around, and we were, I was like okay like i'm still gonna keep them for now but and then like june came around and i was like wow it's just never ending it's never gonna stop yeah we yeah. we tried for a while to reach out um we do a lot of booking with sub t so we would reach out to sub t and say hey we have a date for august september october and they would they would be like um maybe 
yeah, like we can yeah. put you down. And I'm like, we're not gonna go through everything, book a show just to cancel it two weeks after putting it all together. So it got to the point now where we pretty much don't even have agents reaching out anymore. Yeah, I think the last yeah. email I've gotten from an agent was like a month ago, just like, hey, are y'all gonna be a company in 2021? And I was like, that's the plan if we have a venue still in the city of Chicago. Like, I think we had someone reach out that was like, can we get a hold for November? And we were like, our our venues aren't open. We yeah, physically like have no a one hold to where answer. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. We don't even have people we can email at the venues anymore. Yeah. Like our DIY spaces, we can text them because it's yeah. obviously different than like working with yeah why you don't gotta go through like a booking agent it's typically like one person that owns the house or something exactly shit, you know? so like those we can text but like just because it's a diy venue doesn't mean we can put something there before a venue like it's yeah. still the same yeah and a lot of the people that we work with are super safe and they're like okay yeah maybe you can have 10 people here and it's like that's not gonna make the bands any money that's that's just not even worth we're it like not gonna, we're not gonna be able to pay anybody yeah yeah it's uh, I've, I've been seeing like you know some random people playing these like weird outdoor shows at like outside of penny road pub and i'm like i just i, I see it i'm like yeah they look like they're having fun but they just does not look fun to me there's just like a bunch of people standing yeah. outside and yeah. then we kind of like ah, i'd rather just i'd rather not half-ass it i'd rather mm-hmm. i'd rather whole-ass it we looked into um the drive-ins we were like oh let's just call a drive-in and see what we can do let's see if we can throw a local show together at a drive-in and it's just, it's not in our budget, and it's so far away from the city where we normally hold our shows, and... And also, it's just not, like, a lot of the venues that we book at are, like, we make sure you can get to them from public transit, so it's available not only to people who can drive, but people who can't. Because, like, we live in a city that's a walking city, for the most part. Like, not most people in Chicago, I would say, that come to our shows don't drive to our shows. Yeah. So, like, a drive-in really limits that, and the last thing we want to do is be like, haha, come carpool to our show with people that you don't live with. Yeah, exactly. That's another weird thing, because, like, you know, a lot of times I'll just I'll just be like, I'm, I got nothing to do tomorrow, there's a show going on, I'll just show up. Exactly. I just go by myself. I'm not going to, like, you know, it, it would suck to have to, you know, for someone that's not, like, Metallica, it's going to be hard to, like, get a whole group of people to go exactly. sit at a drive-in for... You know, a band that's like, you know, would normally play a show here at like, you know, a 400 cap room. That's, it's, it doesn't seem like it's, it's a logical option. I also just have such a hard time imagining watching a band in a car. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but like, I, I can put a CD on, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it depends on, it depends on like the, the band, I guess. Like if they're a big enough band, it might be cool. Cause like, mm-hmm. I know Andrew McMahon did that a couple the, shows. Yeah, a friend of mine went really to that cool. and she like took took photos and stuff like that and she said she had a good time she's like it just just kind of wasn't the same though you know yeah the way i think about it is like when i was younger i would pay 25 dollars to sit on the lawn at the amphitheater to watch acts that i have heard on the radio before i know i don't do that so, like, shit anymore that's what i think of when i see these drive-ins and i don't think there's anybody right now that i would pay 25 dollars to sit in my car and watch yeah <laughs> which makes me sad i would love to see live music i just want to be dude in we i was at a music video set yesterday and they were like playing instruments and i like felt my eyes watering i was like oh my god it almost feels like a gig like y'all are playing music off, our, off a stereo like we had a pa set up to hear it but like there's instruments in front of me someone's hitting the drums there's a microphone yeah we did a we did a video shoot and that was the first time i want to say that was in like the beginning of june and that was like the first time all all four of us that are like the main 
four members of the band were all in the same room in the same or not room we were outside but still we just like holy area. shit yeah. yeah we're like oh my god you're all still real <laughs> like right. we've just been seeing you guys through like our computer screens and like zoom band meetings and shit trying to just like take care of business or well yeah or this whatnot, is the first but... time i've seen michelle in person since march yeah since the rare candy oh, really? happy all right show at Damn. inside town so it's been um like half a year which is wild because I normally sleep on her floor like every weekend. That's wild. Yeah, because you live like kind of far, right? That's changing yeah. soon, hopefully. hopefully Currently living in Ohio, but um, it's a little far. Yeah, yeah it's only you know like a casual like five hour drive from the city. Yeah, no biggie. No big deal. I can do that in the night, you know, fine. But you know, we're gonna um, when the world's not over, hopefully be in the Logan Square area. Fingers crossed. It was supposed to happen in May, but uh, the world's ending. We get it. You're bougie. <laughs> there's a lot of people that like uh I, I had a friend who's actually planning on moving up here from uh georgia i believe because she like had a potential job offer and stuff and then she's like nope not happening anymore yeah. so it's hard yeah. yeah that's the one thing i've been lucky with is with the pandemic happening i have a day job so i still work yeah yeah same here i was i was able to at least work from home for the first few months i started working back at the office within the last month and a half but oh yeah um, just cause like, I unfortunately can't do all of my job from home. Mm -hmm. So like, I, you know, I, I work for this like home decor company. I'm just, I'm the customer service guy there. So, mm -hmm. um, so like if a customer is like, yo, I want to cancel my order. I have to instant message my boss and be like, yo, this person wants to cancel the order. So then she can look it up in the shipping system, make sure oh, it's not shipped yet already. Yeah. So it's just like, it was fine at first. And then since everything was closed down online shopping went through the roof and we're only online oh, dude, so we were just I... like we tripled quadrupled in our order volume and it was insane and i was just like i was i was working like nine and a half hours a day and then like on weekends i usually will have to like check in about an hour or two a day and but i was like there was one day i just worked seven hours on a saturday night just just mm -hmm. up late and my boss was like jesus i'm like yeah i was trying to get somewhat caught up like yeah. it was it i'm was so crazy. jealous of everyone who got to like actually still work because like, I do photography full-time outside of booking, right. so, like, when everything stopped, everything stopped for me. And then it was, like, a point where, like, because, like, every wedding I had from, like, March through June that was, like, an actual, like, wedding was canceled. Yeah. So then I started advertising that, like, I was, like, okay, like, I'll do, like, elopement specials because I have bills to pay, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need money. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, doing, like, digital portraits of pets for the longest time on Twitter. I'd be like, okay, for $10, I'll draw your animal. Yeah. But, like, even at that, only, like, it's a pandemic. No one had no one had a job. No one had money. Like, that only yeah, no got me by for so yeah. long. So I started, like, just doing, like, elopements and fields with, like, just me and couples. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, I cried the first time I got to go back and shoot. And I was like, oh, my God, like, somebody just paid me to do my job. I took pictures. My camera got used for the first time in months when normally it was used every day. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of my day job, but, like, the first time, like, we'll be able to play a show again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably lose my fucking mind, because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like, goddamn, this is, like, you know, this is the longest I've gone without, like, it, even just being in a live music setting mm -hmm. since high school, and Dang. I just turned 31, so it's been a... It's well, been not a think about that, but... <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. Is, this is the longest I've been... Uh, not in a live music setting since I was 10 years old. I'm 25. Yeah, I'm going on um, like seven years. This is the longest I've gone without being at a show because normally it's like every weekend or multiple times a weekend or yeah, whatever. It's, it's definitely now the longest that I've gone without being on stage. 
for a while. I was like, all right, like I might have taken like a month or two or maybe three months of like not playing a show and mm -hmm. we were getting shit together or gearing up for a release or something. But but yeah, it's been like five months now. So it's like, dude, oh, I've man. had dreams about like nine band local shows at Centennial Lanes recently. And I've woken up and been like, you know, I do that right now. If I had to, if I had to be in Centennial Lanes with no air conditioning or something crazy for ten bands, I, know. I would do it if it meant I could see a band. <laughs> I miss standing off to the side with my beer bottle in my head as right. a as a thirty one year old. <laughs> I miss like forgetting my earplugs and having a headache the next day. But yeah, I mean, once it, once it comes back, I feel like it's it's gonna fucking explode because people are gonna be so like so hungry for it like yeah. the bands are gonna be hungry to get back up on stage and i'm nervous about our opportunities i'm i'm worried that there's gonna be a gap um we have been lucky enough being very small promoters to where i have my day job and she has her photography and stuff where if we did lose our company we would personally be okay yeah emotionally we'd be a little sad right. um but when music comes back we never we never had other expenses besides our shows we used our shows to pay off all of our expenses right um so right now we're not in the red and there's nothing that's going to put us in the red um our any expenses that we have katie covers and we could both cover those right, right like now no issue. right now is like monthly we pay our emails i pay our website yearly but like yeah, yeah. just like the, the the basic like yeah, yeah. utilities basically. so yeah. my worry is is that like our most booked at venues are Sub T, Beat Kitchen, and Cobra Lounge, and then our yeah. most booked at DIY space is Inside Town. Inside Town, luckily, is a, a space that our friends like live in and work in, and it's somewhere where they take care of it, and it's not meant to be an event space. Yeah. So we'll never lose that. And they yeah. had a GoFundMe for like covering their um, their rent and their rent and stuff, and people definitely like stepped up and reached out yeah. and helped. We also like. We did the music video there yesterday, which also contributed to like keeping nice. them open yeah. and everything. And, um, and so then, like our worry is that our our mid-sized venues, our sub T, which is our small venue, our mid-sized like Cobra and Beat Kitchen, I'm worried that that they won't be around or that their prices will be too high for us to book at, and then yeah. we lose our small band opportunities. Anything that's yeah. backed by Live Nation or has restaurants in it are doing a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Bee Kitchen is is at least staying a little bit afloat. In the yeah, and I know, like talking to people at Cobra, like their restaurant and their bar have been busy with a patio and like yeah, stuff yeah. being open. Yeah, yeah that's Cobra that's a good thing. They have a they have a dope patio. Their so food's it's like, so good too. I know. I'm always like, whenever we play there, I'm like, fuck yeah, I get to eat at Cobra Lounge. Literally, <laughs> I would go out on my way even before I was working without a contacts to work at like work shows at Cobra Lounge just yeah. to eat macaroni and cheese. Yeah. yeah. The best thing about Beat Kitchen is so um, Beat Kitchen has been supporting all of their employees throughout the pandemic. So if you cool. order food from um, from Beat Kitchen, they out of how much you pay, they take the food cost to cover how much they paid for the food and give the rest to their employees. Wow. So they weren't profiting for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not sure if that's what they're still doing. I know that's what they were doing at the very beginning, awesome. um, which is amazing. Yeah. It's super awesome, especially because that was both. I, when I heard of that, it was before they had outside dining or anything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's incredible that they were supporting their employees yeah. while also having because Beat Kitchen and Subti are owned by the same person. Right, so right. they have one business that shut down completely, being Subti, and Beat Kitchen they yeah. had takeout orders. So it's incredible yeah. that what they were doing. I just oh. fear losing it. Right. 
Um, That's a really scary thought. Yeah. I know. Sunsea is probably one of my favorite venues too. Like, yeah, we had drove by it the other day and I was like, oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> We had talked about opening a venue um, a couple months. Oh gosh, a couple months. The pandemic was six months ago. Um, a couple months pre-pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> we had talked about it probably end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Yeah. Um, we kind of, like, for fun, looked up a couple spaces. And it's just, like, when we first ran the numbers, it was, like, we'd have to do, like, 28 events a month just to pay our rent. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and, like, pay our rent and pay our bands. So yeah. that was, like, nothing for us. And that doesn't really include, like, the... Uh, licenses we have to have and the soundproofing that we have to not get more tickets and yeah yeah so like the things that like venues that are open in the city i give them mad props because it's really hard um a lot of the things that we looked at it was like if you have less than 100 and i was like we're getting a 99 cap room yeah we were talking we were like (laughs) we can have 98 people plus the two of us yeah that is it no yeah. one gets more than two crew members because we are selling 50 tickets. Cool. We only book <laughs> bands with four people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no more ska bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely hard. So we worry about that. And then we worry about, like, if they do survive them raising their prices. Because that's, like, a big selling point for a lot of the places that we book at is that we're able to be like, hey, we're doing a local band. We're helping the local scene. Like, would love to work with you on this. So, Sub T will sometimes be like, okay, if it's an all local band or an all local show, we'll give you this price. So, like, we're able, we have such good relationships that we're able to do that. I'm afraid that after this, they'll be like, no, we can't. Like, we have to make up for everything we yeah, lost. Exactly. Yeah. Which I, I don't blame them. Yeah. I, it's business. Yeah. You got to do it. It's yeah. just, it's a scary it's thought. It's a bummer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know of any venues that have shut down around here? Or no, because I don't think I've heard of any. I don't think I know of any in the Chicago area, um, but I do know of like out-of-state ones that are closing. There's been a, quite a few like on the East Coast that have closed. Um, yeah. There were a couple in Florida that closed, I think. But I don't think I've heard of any, because Elbow Room closed pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we have any. Yeah, Spinelli's closed in uh, Louisville. Louisville? Yeah. Okay. So, like, that that's a hard one for, like, the small touring community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because that was, like, the venue in that area. Yeah. yeah. I, I've heard of that one, and I've never been out to that venue, so, you know. Yeah. There's definitely a lot, I think, across the country that have shut down. Um, I haven't heard of, of anything locally. I think, mm-hmm. I think Chicago, we're pretty lucky to where everywhere we put shows usually has a second income. Yeah. Um, with the exception being sub T, which makes me really sad. Yeah. Um, so we've been pretty lucky that some of them have backing. Um, I know that for a while people thought Metro was closing down. Well, people thought Metro was closing because they misunderstood a post. Yeah. So I think what it was, because I saw that thing too, and I there was no date on their page. Right. We were going but it was around. it was the original post that they posted back in March. But people we saw it and were like, going. oh no. Yeah. <laughs> we were like searching Metro on Twitter. And we, me and her, like, had this thing that I copied and pasted, and we were just responding. Everyone, like, Metro's not closing, that's from March. Metro's not yeah, closing, that's from I March. I think one of you Metro's actually responded to me. Metro's not closing, that's from March. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. And, and then I, I know they posted later that day. They're just like, hey, we love all the support, um, but um, that was from March. We're yeah. still in the same exact boat as we were then. You know, if you want to keep supporting us, you know, buy some merch or whatever. Right, like, yeah. buy some merch. Here's our GoFundMe. They were selling vans for a minute, weren't they? Like, the custom vans. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I remember seeing those, but it was like when I was completely out of work and I was like, well, those are really cool, but I'm broke. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. Love you. It's just scary to think of like how long this might last. Like they're all supposedly no. fine. You have, we also have to remember that they're probably not sharing with us. Right. How deep in the water like, they might be. Like, <laughs> right, hey, we're in the shitter right now. Um, just letting yeah. you guys know. Um, I gotta imagine there's ones like the like Metro probably got like a loan with all of that, and a lot of those loans like there's some things that I looked into personally with like the photography stuff. Yeah. And as long as you can prove that they're being used to pay rent and to pay your like employees mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you don't have to pay them back. Yeah. Okay. So as long as they got like if that was the case and they got approved for like a decent sized loan, then I'm sure they are fine. But it's all just a matter of, like, who actually got approved for what? Because, like, Kanye West got a small business loan for some reason for his fucking shoe brand. So, like, who knows what anyone that's actually a small makes business no fucking got. makes sense to me. That guy's got all the money in the world. Right. Yeah, like, you're married to a Kardashian. Shut up. You're not broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's, it's definitely crazy. It's definitely scary. Um, I think about it often, about when we will be able to start booking again. Yeah. Um, I haven't found the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, me neither. Whenever I have the thought, I end up crying a little bit. It's a lot of, like, curling up in bed, being like, I miss hearing sound checks. Yeah, because these dumb motherfuckers won't wear their masks. Yeah, literally, like, wear a mask, wash your hands, don't lick things in public, because I didn't know I had to say that until recently when I was in Walmart and I watched someone lick something and put it back in a cabinet. Um, So don't lick things. Uh, Wear your mask, wash your hands. Things that I think, like washing your hands, we were taught in preschool. I remember being taught a song about washing my hands. Um, Uh, Yeah, I'm sure Barney had one. I'll bring it back and teach everybody it if they want. (laughs) I can't sing, but I'll bring it. Everyone's just so fucking stupid. (laughs) Like y'all, basic hygiene. Yeah, it's just like, and the, the fact that they're just like, oh, like... Wearing a mask is infringing on my rights. I'm like, you're right to fucking what? Not Show wear a mask? <laughs> Show, like, you're fucking ugly anyway. Just cover that shit up. <laughs> Literally, it does me a favor. It hides with a double chin. <laughs> yeah. So you can lay in really uncomfortable positions and no one will know if you're in public. I just cut my beard really short and that all my masks fit differently. <laughs> I was like, oh, weird. <laughs> like, some of them that didn't fit me as well fit me better now. And then the other ones that fit me better back then. I'm like, oh, shit, these don't. It was, oh, it my was, God. Wearing a mask has weird. taught me that I apparently have an abnormally small head. Yeah. Which is not something that I ever thought. Like, I thought I was a very proportionate person. Yeah. Uh, turns out I was very wrong, because I have to wear children's masks as oh, no. a almost 24-year-old. Yeah. So I have my lovely um, Target mask with hearts on it. That's meant nice. for a toddler, but it's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. My first mask that I bought, like, a reusable one that I bought. Nina made me uh, two. Nina made me one, one, and then I forgot to give her my address because I was stupid. <laughs> um, but then I had, used to have to tie the little elastic. And then Target, like, came out with the kids' ones, and I was like, yeah, and yeah, I bought like, the kids' ones. When it got to the point where like, people were talking about going back to school, Target put out kids' ones, and I was like, oh my god, it's about time. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't have a tall mask. head, but I have a kind of wide head, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, I just have, my, my whole body's just weirdly proportioned. That's fair. Weirdly shaped. Yeah, I never but. thought a pandemic <laughs> would make me self-conscious with the size of my head and my face, but yeah. here I am. I feel, I feel like, you know, a, a lot of my facial expressions are just like missed like you know going into oh a store God, and like the, the midwestern like yes. lip thing i can't do that anymore it just looks like i'm staring at someone i'm like oh wait they can't see my mouth mm-hmm. the one perk is there's way less guys telling you to smile in public oh, yeah i can't even imagine <laughs> i have experienced it once where i got to take my mask off he told me i couldn't see my pretty smile and i was like oh, what the fuck don't touch me <laughs> like no you'd think it would uh stop people from being gross but yeah 
I was like, no, thank you. Don't touch my face. Okay, bye. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll rewind a bit and yeah. talk about how each of you guys kind of got into this whole sort of like music scene. Um, whichever okay. of you wants to go first. Yeah. I'll go first. Go for um, it. So music in general, um, I grew up in Mokina and the first venue that I ever went to was Sound Lab, um, which was John Peter's second ever venue, which is crazy to think that I've known John Peter since I was like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Hey, I saw him yesterday. Yeah. I went to Evolution. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started when I was about like 10, 11 going to Sound Lab. Uh, it was walking distance from my childhood home. Yeah. Um, that's where I saw like Attack Attack for the first time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like a lot of smaller local bands um a lot i had a friend's band the first friend local band that i ever saw that sold out a venue um was a band called a friend for Dahmer, and they sold out sub or sub that name yeah they sold out sound lab completely and i broke my knee in a wall of death which my first ever wall of death i had no idea what was going on how have you broken your knee so many times oh bad knees <laughs> <laughs> My first wall of death was at a Papa Roach show at Congress Theater. That's, That's impressive. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it was awesome. It was during that song Dead Cell. I, I love like, that. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started going to shows around then. My first, like, bigger concert um, was Say Anything, Save the Day, Megan Dia and the Deer Hunter at the Metro I when I was Megan in the Dia. sixth grade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was probably one of my all-time favorite shows. I will never forget it. That sounds sick. What year was that? 2006. Yeah, that was that was like the year when that kind of music was just like fucking up here. Yeah, it was the year that Wow, I Can Get Sexual too. That was their closer. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if that makes you feel old. Yeah. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, and then from there, I kind of like started getting annoying in the scene. Um, <laughs> that's how what I call it. So I had a friend uh, in a band. I think before they were called Burned to Ashes, um, and they were kind of more of a hardcore band. Okay. They played at Sound Lab a lot. They were from Mokina and from Lincoln Way East-ish area. Okay. Um, and then eventually they got together and formed another band called Breaker Breaker, which actually just played Breaker Breaker, at yeah. Royal recently. Um, and I, um, so I started working with them. Um, I didn't do much, but that's when I kind of learned that I liked the business side. So then I took a break and I was just strictly going to shows yeah. all the time and then 2017 January of 2017 I was like I want to work in music but I don't want to work through the person I was dating at the time I wanted to like make my own way into music yeah exactly you kind of want to make a your own like name for yourself yeah so you're not so-and-so's girlfriend yeah you know? and, um, and I had started doing photography but it was like for fun and not what I wanted to like get paid to do right. um, so I met people through that and joined um, a group called girls behind the rock show okay. and so they have a networking group and in the networking group one day I just like searched for people looking for like PR or marketing because that's what I was going to school for yeah. and I came across Nina and her post was from like six months ago or something and I was like fuck it so I emailed Nina and I was like I don't know if you're still looking but came across your post would love to work together and she was like yeah no I'm still looking nobody responded to me so uh she was like meet me at this coffee shop so I drove out to a coffee shop I think it was like January 17th and I went to go hang out with Nina and about like 30 45 minutes in Nina just was like, here's my password, log into this stuff. And I was like, oh, so we're, we're working together? Okay. 
Um, and she kind of like gave me my first show and she was like, I want you to do all the marketing and the PR for this. She was like, here's the bands that are playing all of their like social information, their music and the flyers. Do it. I hate making Facebook posts. And I was like, all right, I got this. Um, so my I, first I can show, relate. I hate making Facebook posts. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Facebook. The first show that I worked fully, um, was Sundress and Nominee in, uh, March. What of, a good show. It was a good show. I was very lucky. I was, so, I was there. Yeah. Um, and it was at Township. Okay. So I did that in March of 2017. And from there, Nina and I kind of just like grew together. Um, we brought on Melissa after that. And Melissa took on booking. So I was right, still, right. me and Nina were sharing most of the marketing. And Nina took, and Melissa and Nina worked on booking. Um, we eventually took on a couple more people who came and went, helped a lot. Um, I think 2018 was our biggest year. I think we did like, 150 shows or something um nina i also had a full-time job and yeah. nina was working freelance so there were so, a couple of times where we would tag on friends katie that's when i got involved yeah um and ask them to be like hey can you be there at load in or can you stay late to do settlement like we have to leave whatever yeah. um and from there it kind of grew to be me nina and melissa for the last like from probably July of 2017 until November of 2019, mm -hmm. the three of us were like the most main components. Yeah. Um, and then Nina had found out that she had gotten a job and she was thinking about moving. Well, she was moving. She got a good job. Yeah. So me, Melissa, and Nina kind of talked and we're like, oh, the end of out of context we'll have our three-year birthday party yeah. and maybe throw a last hurrah for nina and that's it um and then i was approached by a friend of mine who was like hey work for my booking company like do all of this and so i went to nina saying like should i work with them blah blah, blah. and we kind of had the conversation and she was like if if you still want to book and you want to do more than just marketing she was like take out of context yeah. she was like you are out of context you've helped build and i yeah, was like well i can't do it alone so she was like, well, think about it. And so then I texted Katie and I said, hey, do you think I could do it? And she was like, I think we could do it. And I was like, all right, yeah. That was right after me and Nina flew home from a music festival we worked together. And we were sitting in the airport at like four in the morning because for some reason we had, okay, so we were both stupid and booked like a 7 a.m. flight. Instead of like doing, being smart and asking someone to drive us closer to our flight, we were like, let's go to the airport at 2 a.m. and sleep. I don't know why we thought that. That was an awful idea. But she sat up from sleeping on a chair, looks at me and goes, do you and Michelle want to buy out of context? You don't have to buy it, but do you want to do it? <laughs> and then went back to sleep. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think we do. <laughs> the first time it was offered to me, I was like, absolutely not. Cause like I've seen, like I do a lot of the uh, settlements and day of show stuff. And like, I've seen the numbers. Like I've seen yeah. that like being a, a promoter is not, at our size, it's not a lucrative business. Like you have to love what you're doing and know what you're doing. I put one show together a year, and it's not a lot of fun. It's not yeah, I, I love together, doing the show, <laughs> but yeah. like you know, it's just like oh, there's so much work that goes into. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so like, and uh, originally I was like, I, financially I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared to uh, offer a guarantee or someone reach out to me, like a really, really great band, and then be like, we want a thousand dollars, and me be like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Like, 
I was scared to have to turn down bands that I want to work with and then not get those opportunities again. So I like really was not into the idea. And then when Katie and I talked about it, she was like, we just split it. Like we split it 50, 50, like you put in 50%, I put in 50% and financially we're fine. And it ended up working really, really well. Yeah, we only lost money one time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was only because it was a show that a band got broken into and I ended up giving them money, like my own personal money from working the show that I got paid to shoot. And I was like, go get you a new window. Like, I've been there. It sucks. It was also Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Our venue had canceled on us. We found a new venue. Two cars got broken into. And I literally was like, here's 60 bucks that I made tonight. Um, it's not a window worth of money, but here's 60 bucks. Yeah. That's good on you. It was a rough show. I like cried leaving that show because I was like, I've been that person before with like the window busted in. I had all of my gear stolen once. Like, I get it. Yeah, I feel like in Chicago, we've all been there to some sort of degree. Mm -hmm. I haven't personally been a fucking knock on wood real quick, but like, like, uh, there's, there's a few years ago, it was like when Guardrail was kind of first starting, it was like our first year of being a band our guitarist was moving and he had all his, all his music gear in his car and left his car around the corner for a couple hours just while he was moving other shit in and when he came back his car was broken into and my, one of my bass my first bass i ever had was gone oh, no. so i was like god damn it and but he lost like two guitars bag of all his pedals and shit he's like the one thing that left was my cab that i was trying to sell anyway god damn it <laughs> one thing i didn't want is what they left yeah but, yeah that's usually yeah. how it works i was really lucky when my stuff got stolen that I made a GoFundMe because I, like, my computer was stolen and I can't do yeah. my job without a computer. Yeah, and I made the money to get a new one within a day. And okay. there's still people that I see who I, like, know gave me more money than I could have ever possibly asked them for. Yeah. And I see them, I just want to, like, cry sometimes. And I'm like, oh my God, you, like, you're why I can do this still. Yeah. <laughs> you saved my life. Yeah, it is, it is nice when we, we you kind of get support from people when you're 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 some sort of artist or just Mm -hmm. work in this sort of industry because it's like you know i don't think i've made a fucking dime being a musician which is why i have a full-time job but you know it's people when they invest in you it's like it's always super like humbling you know it feels really good yeah Mm How, how did you get started in? Because I know I, I knew you just because of your photography. Yeah, that was basically like my start in the scene. I had been in live music, like just going to shows forever. I literally went to, funniest story ever is my parents took me to a fucking Jimmy Buffett concert as a six week old. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, whatever, I guess. I don't know. My dad's a really big parrot head, I think is what they call Jimmy Buffett fans. Yeah. Sounds right. I think it's just a glorified word for stoner. My dad's not a stoner, but as far as I know, if he is, I hope I didn't just out secrets on the air or something. I don't know. Um, but it would be impressive if we kept it from you all this time, especially honestly, like, more power to him. <laughs> but yeah, like I was going to that. My parents were big country music fans, so I was going to like country concerts my whole life growing up. Like I have like signed pictures of like Alan Jackson and Tim McGraw and like Dina Carter and shit like that. Like in bins in my room from being like a six-year-old and thinking they were just so cool <laughs> are you still into that kind of music now or, or uh, the taylor it... swift count yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i know you're obsessed with taylor swift um, that's if you one count thing i know about taylor you. swift yes <laughs> if you don't count taylor swift no yeah i'm sure there's like a bit of a like nostalgia thing there's like a nostalgia you. thing like if you put on like old tim mcgraw like i know every word 
Yeah, same with um, me as like my grandpa used to listen to Johnny Cash and stuff. Exactly. So it's like, okay, like I don't listen like, to Johnny Cash when I hear him. I just like, hell yeah, I remember this. Song. It's also like the point that I was with my dad puts on Jimmy Buffett, like I'll like be humming along, but like fucking cheeseburger in paradise or some oh, yeah. shit, and like be like shit, like I really am a twenty three year old who goes to bars sometimes or something, huh? <laughs> but that's kind of like how it started, and then it became like a thing where like I would lie to my mom and go to all time low concerts. Yeah. in like middle school with my friends because my mom they weren't safe because they were like general admission oh. and my mom's yeah. friend would cover for us and i'd be like i'm gonna go stay the night at my friend's house yeah. and then she'd drive us to milwaukee to the rave to go see them oh. and then i'd come home the next day and she's like why are you so tired i'd be like i don't know we stayed up we all watched, night <laughs> we just watched we watched mean girls at 4 a.m i don't know i watched a horror movie and i couldn't sleep a wink <laughs> i mean that's true if i did watch a horror movie i'd be up all night yeah it happened once. We watched a horror movie a couple months ago, me and Jake did, and I think I kept him up to like 4 a.m. Because yeah. I was like, um, I can't do that. We have to watch like a Disney movie now. Uh, I need some Bambi, but we had to skip the part where her mom, their Bambi's mom dies. <laughs> but. Man, the only movie like that that kind of fucked me up was that uh, Paranormal Activity movie. Because I just like, I went into it having no, I didn't see a preview or nothing for it. <laughs> so I just went in and it was like a packed theater, and but like everyone was like, like on the same page like mm -hmm. no one was being rowdy or stupid so it was just like everyone was like oh shit like dude we watched it was like as below so be as above so below and like it's not like jump scares from most of the movie it's just like creepy and there's one part where this bitch just jumps out and we literally i hit him in, i hit my boyfriend in the face <laughs> i was like freaking out he had just came back from like letting the dogs out and i literally like punched him in the face i was so scared oh my god and then I stayed up half the night thinking that this crazy lady was going to come get me. Um, yeah, I don't do scary movies. <laughs> I'm a Disney kid. Okay. <laughs> I like sunshine and rainbows and glitter and Bambi and cartoon animals with really big eyes. That's like, we got Disney Plus and I was just like, I just want it because of The Simpsons because I'm obsessed with The Simpsons. But she was like, I fucking love all these movies. Like, yeah. Dude, watch, I'll watch, watch Princess King movies every day of my life if I can. Like, yeah. if I can watch a Little Mermaid every day, I would absolutely do it. Yeah. It just sounds really bad to say it, so I just wait till I see my niece and I'm like, you want to watch a Princess movie? There you <laughs> go. You kind of like feel a little better about yourself. You're like, it's not just for me. Like, it's not <laughs> for me. It's for Delilah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean... I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. Like, not I might enjoy sing it. every song in it, but <laughs> yeah, louder than her for sure. It's just because Delilah loves the movie so much. <laughs> I just, I just enjoy like this connection that I have. Right, like we're just so close. <laughs> yeah. But it went from that to like, and then I had like some health stuff go on where I couldn't go to shows for a couple of years because I couldn't like walk properly. I couldn't drive. Um, and six years ago tomorrow, actually is the anniversary of like me having a procedure that made it so I could do all that stuff again. Right. Um, and then basically immediately after that, um, I became friends with Michaela Kramer from, what's her band called, Late Nights? No, it is. Yeah, I was gonna say Cup Check, but that's not her band anymore. That was the band at the time she was starting it. Okay. Um, and I went out to like Penny Road Pub to see her and I would go, or that was even before she was in Late Nights, that was a different band, I think. But then when they started, cup check or whatever they played like bottom lounge and that was my first time like going to like an actual like legitimate venue that wasn't penny road pub and like i, I was in the city at a show that wasn't an artist that i you know were paying was paying 40 bucks to see or mm -hmm. like in a thousand cap venue anything like that like it was just my friends on stage with a bunch of kids i didn't know in the crowd and it was really cool to yeah. see 
that's what I love about this kind of scene. It's, it's super like chill. I like I don't have to like blow a whole paycheck on oh, exactly. going to a show. You know, I just pay a ten dollar cover and mm -hmm. you know buy a couple beers there. So, right. You know. And it really quickly became like I shot that show and that was my first concert I ever shot. It was like it was January thirtieth, two thousand and fifteen. I think was my first like local show in the music scene. How did you start with photography? Was that just something you always um, had a knack for? Or? So my dad bought a camera for himself right around my birthday. So I decided, I was eight at the time, I decided that because it was around my birthday, it was mine. Okay. <laughs> because like that's how it works. Like yeah. the entire month of October is my birthday. I don't celebrate my actual birthday, therefore the entire month of October is my birthday. I'm in my birthday month right now. Hell yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> this is your month. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so like I kind of just like started stealing it from him all the time. Yeah. Like we'd go to the zoo and I'd take it, and I have a, I have three older brothers and a little sister, so like I would make them like model for me okay. and stuff like that, or like family events would happen, like Christmas would happen, and I'd take it and take pictures of people opening gifts. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just like continued until one day there was like this random guy shooting a parade in uh, Rockford where I lived at the time, and he had this like a camera that was like way too fancy to be shooting a parade with, kind of thing. Yeah. And I was sitting there looking at my mom, I was like 12, and I was like, Emma, should I go ask him what the camera is? Like, is it weird if I go ask him what camera he's shooting with? And she's like, just go ask him. Like, you're being weird now. Like, stop being weird and just ask him. Yeah. And I asked him, and this man just handed me his camera to use for the rest of the day. Oh, wow. And I, there's a picture of it on Facebook, and I am like this lanky 12-year-old who was swimming all day because it was the 4th of July, yeah. and I have like sunburn, I'm like the reddest of red, and I have this face, look on my face, like I'm holding something worth more than my life, yeah. but like that was the moment that it like clicked. Yeah. And then like I ended up working with that guy a bunch, because um, he was like a pretty established photographer for a while, and I would like shoot weddings with him and stuff like that, which like really got me like a foot in the door. I didn't realize shooting concerts was a thing you could do. Yeah, yeah. Like it didn't, like I loved live music. I just didn't know that like how you got into that or that you could get into that. Like I yeah, knew like. I didn't, I didn't realize until like, you know, a couple of years into me being a musician that like, you know, once we, once we started playing like slightly bigger venues, it was like, oh, there's just people here that aren't with the bands that are taking photos. Cause yeah. I, I, I always just assumed like, you know, growing up listening to like Linkin Park and stuff, seeing pictures of them at, at, from their shows I'm like oh they have a guy right like yeah, I grew up like looking at like alt press and yeah. stuff like that right. and being like oh so this is just like someone they pay to come with them because they know them right yeah. which like by definition technically yeah they know them because they work for them but they know yeah. them and they work with them because that's what they did yeah and, and that's and that's not it like exactly there's, there's other photographers that are just mm -hmm. like taking photos just, exactly just, and I didn't like put that together until I like went to my first local show and I was like holy shit I can do this yeah and like there was more than just me doing it and that was so cool that like to see especially like doing weddings and portraits it's a lot of like old men doing the photography so i always felt like the odd one out because at that point i was like a 17 year old with neon purple hair and a camera that wanted to do what they were doing and everyone like always looked down on me being like well i've been doing this since i shot film and had to develop it myself and it was like cool yeah i don't know like if I had money to shoot film, I'd shoot film. Right, yeah. Like, some of us are poor. I don't know what you want from me, Gerald. <laughs> but then, like, getting into shows, I think I had my first paid show, like, six months after I first my first, like, local show I shot. And it, I shot their set for, like, 20 bucks. And, like, the ticket to get in. Yeah. And I remember, like, thinking, like, this is the coolest thing ever. I literally have a Facebook post that comes up in my memories a lot. Yeah. And, like, talking about how, like, 
I just shot my first silk paid ever. Like, I'm crying. This is so cool. Like, I never thought I'd do this. It's gonna be a cool thing when you actually like make money on it for the first time. It feels even if so it's just twenty cool. bucks. It's still like that's. It huge. was like somebody re respected what I did enough to yeah. actually like hand me their money that they work for. Yeah. And then from there, I just kind of like kept going, and it like I started going out to out of context shows because I had met Nina at a bunch of shows previously, and I knew like. I had a bunch of mutual friends with like Michelle and Nina, um, and a lot of the bands I worked with played out of contact shows all along. Yeah. And it started off as just like I was I was scared shitless of Nina for the longest time. Yeah. In my mind, she was like this big, scary, powerful person, right. which I know is a very common opinion that people have. And I know that there's people who are scared of me and Michelle, which is so weird to think about <laughs> because yeah. we're really just big idiots. Yeah. It's um, weird. There's been a, there's been a, you know a couple of times where some like you know young teenage girl will come up to us and be like hi and i'm just like what's up and i'm like oh wait they they think i'm like famous or something it's crazy <laughs> isn't it yeah and like, yeah and like the working photography stuff i started like i worked for riot fest for uh, one of the years right, yeah. i've worked with all of Palooza before and i worked for summer fest up in milwaukee mm -hmm. so like it was weird going from like not thinking that was a career to like i then worked some of the biggest festivals in the Midwest, arguably the country. But yeah, I met Nina through just like going to out of context shows with bands I was working with because I started building up relationships with local bands. I shot yeah. you guys a thousand times, yeah. I feel like now. Yeah. And then like there were bands, like Seven Minutes in Heaven, I worked with a bunch for a while. Um, Bonfire, Bonfire slash Better Love, that like mm -hmm. group of people, I worked with a bunch. Um, and there's a lot of like the south suburb bands i feel like the detour north arvia stuff like that were like bands that i kind of like worked with a lot right at the start and because yeah, of that yeah. i started getting into out of context shows with them and then like meeting nina and then it became my thing where like me and nina became friends because Nina would be like we would talk a bunch and then Nina like would use my pictures on social media because like i don't i don't care yeah and then it became like me and nina became closer and closer and then me and michelle started becoming friends too and it just became like every day it was like I was more, part, not like part of Out of Context, I guess, but like closer with everyone in Out of Context. Yeah, you're kind and of in that circle. Exactly, to the point that it was like people wouldn't be there to run shows and I'd be like, oh, I can be there, that's fine. I was already going to be there shooting anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And then it became like people thought I was part of Out of Context and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like a really funny thing. And then like we made like the official post when me and Michelle took over. And it was like, me and Michelle are doing Out of Context now, and everyone was like, weren't you already? And we're like, well, uh, yes, but no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always appreciated your hustle, because I, I feel like whenever we're playing a show with a band that you're already shooting for, you hit up all the other bands. I try like, yo, um, like, I'm already going to be there, so may as well. And it, I feel like it makes sense, too, because I'm driving usually, like, around two hours to be there. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, realistically, there's so many times that I hit up bands and I say no, I end up shooting them anyways just because like I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> or like I don't know how to function. Like I have really bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. And like my camera originally was like a coping mechanism for me in yeah. public. Mm -hmm. Like I would be like hanging out with friends to bring my camera with because if I felt like anxious, I could start taking pictures. So then it became a thing like even at shows, it was always like if I'm anxious or overwhelmed, I can put earplugs in and take pictures. Yeah. So it became a thing that I was like, if I'm going to shoot them anyways, I might as well ask. Yeah. And like, it's, it's also just sort of like been a reminder for us a lot. I'm like, oh, fuck, we don't have anyone taking pictures for us at this. Like, because yeah. there are shows where we're like, damn, we don't even have like someone doing our merch. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, just, yeah. we just don't have anything. And then sometimes you hit us up and we're like, 
oh sick and i just said as a band like yo um cool if caitlin just takes our pictures and we'll throw us some cash and they're like yeah fucking hell yeah hell yeah i love that <laughs> katie's hustle was like a big thing about me reaching out to her for like running out of context i think one of the biggest things i it was before we started working together it was a show at um at downers grove evolution music downers grove and I can't remember what band it was for, but I remember that Katie and I, and I had agreed that any band that she shopped, she would send me the pictures and I could post them. Yeah. And I kind of expected to do an end of the night or next day, like, thanks for coming out post. And first band played about 10, 15 minutes into their set. Uh, I had four pictures on my phone. And I was like, I have what? And she was like, make a post. And I was like, right, they're still on. Okay. <laughs> So I, by, before every band would get off the stage, Out of Context was making a post of the bands that are currently on stage. Nice. And it was just, like, unreal. Yeah. And it was, like, she had her, like, craft down so well that, like, I could expect her to run a show and run her own business on the side and have no worry in the world that she could do it. Yeah. She can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that you have faith in me because I still don't think I can do it. There's times I'm like running, I'm like running loading and doing promos and then taking pictures of bands and settling and I'm like, I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> but you pull it off, so. I try. You know what? I think She's only right. like five bands have seen me cry at a show, so I think I'm doing okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> What's like each of your favorite shows that you've gone to and favorite shows that you've booked or like worked? So I'm like the all-time worst at these questions, <laughs> but I'm gonna try. Um, you want me to go first? If you have yours off the top of your head, go ahead. Is it a cop out if I say Taylor Swift? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, so it's really not. I mean, people that are gonna listen to this might not know who the hell you are at yeah. all. But all right, well, I know so, all about morning, it. I am. Uh, I think maybe the biggest Taylor Swift fan on earth. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to eleven dates of the Reputation tour when she did that in 2018 um, because I had this attitude of like, maybe this is the last year I'll have the availability to follow a tour like this. Yeah. And it's something that like me and take, like me and my sister, it was like Taylor was always like a thing for us. Mm -hmm. um, it was like our thing we did together. Right. So it was always like, I surprised her with concert tickets for her birthday and just like woke her up and was like, hey, we're going to Cleveland now yeah. kind of thing. And because of that, and um, I worked two of the shows because she like had personally asked her team to have me come out to the second one. Nice. Um, and then because of that too, we met her um, because of like an AT&T thing she did. So like my all time favorite show I've ever been to, Taylor Swift played a 200 cap wedding venue oh, in wow. Chicago that was filmed for AT&T um, with their yeah. campaign they had. And she played five songs, acoustic slash piano. Yeah. And if you watch the crowd, it's on YouTube. If anyone wants to see me embarrass myself, um, if you watch the <laughs> send crowd, send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. Dear God, if you watch the crowd, uh, she plays all too well, which is like, if anyone knows me, it's like my go-to Taylor Swift song. And I am like, she's on a piano, calmly playing it, and I'm like in the crowd, like aggressively finger pointing, like a pop punk kid to it. <laughs> and it's really embarrassing, but really sums it up. And like, that's like the show. <laughs> yeah. But I think favorite show we booked. That's a hard one. I feel like you have a lot less to pick from because you helped us book like October to March. Yeah, and I feel like there were like parts of shows I was involved with a lot sooner yeah. too, but like not like I booked it, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that is true. Towards yeah. the end, like right before pandemic, 
Katie was my go-to where I would just be like, this band reached out, send me locals. And she'd be like, on it. And so she like picked all the music to put it together. Because I would be sitting around like editing like weddings and portraits and I could just sit on Spotify and look at artists while I did that. Right. Because like I could have my phone open with Spotify and like go through their related artists and then like look at who I knew and stuff like that. Right. I'm trying to think of a favorite local show. From the time span of October until recently, one of my favorite ones would be our first one, our John Finn show. boy, John Finn. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, our first ever show. So we had, hadn't had fully had the conversation with Nina of whether or not we were going to take over Out of Contact. We booked yeah. that show in two weeks. Yeah. I so was starting tour and booked it in the back of the van. <laughs> she had, Nina had, we, me and Nina had the conversation of maybe not, maybe yes. Me and Katie had the maybe not, maybe yes conversation, but we hadn't like sat down with Nina and said anything for sure. And then Nina was like, so sometimes those things happen where uh, things get messed up and you have to book a show really fast. I needed to book a show really fast. And we were like, "Uh, uh, okay. And so the two of us, I had never booked a show on my own. I don't think you had ever booked a show on your own. Um, We just jumped right in. And we're like, let's do it. And we put together a show. It was, uh, it ended up being a John Finn EP release show um, with, with Boy. Boy, Division Point. And uh, Lunar Hotel, I believe. Lunar or, Hotel, yeah. Yeah. I, I did a solo set at Wire with John Finn once. Okay, They're yeah. They're pretty cool. They're really sweet people. Yeah. They yeah, also they nice. made, like, handmade candles as their merch and gave us them. Yeah. Oh, shit. I and still have the candles. It's so cool. It's I like love They cool made it themselves like with, like, essential oils, and it has a wood wick, so it crackles when you burn it. Yeah. Wow, that's fucking awesome. That is my favorite piece of merch I have ever seen. Shout yeah. out, John Finn. <laughs> but we, like, we threw it together so fast, and we were like, we're not going to break even. Like, I can already feel it yeah. in my bones. We're not going to break even. Um, that was the first time I cried on you at a show. Yeah. <laughs> so we the had, first one. <laughs> yeah. We had like said we were like, okay, we need this many people to break even. Yeah. We put this together. We threw it together in probably three or four days, and only from the day we announced had less than two weeks until the day of the show. So like, we literally like threw shit at the wall, and it turned out beautifully. Like, nice. Yeah. So it was really scary. We had, and it was our like official like release party of out of context also it was our rebranding we announced the logo that day and the the flyer was the new logo yeah so we kind of just like threw it all together and then we're both kind of panicking because we didn't want to lose our own personal money and we wanted to pay these bands yeah um and so at one point i walked up to the door guy and i said what are we at and i don't remember the exact number but i remember he told me and i went what and he was like, and you yeah. ran to me. I remember that very vividly. You ran through people. Yeah, and I literally just went, we broke even. And she was like, what? And I was like, we broke even. And then right before John Finn played, half their family walked in. And that just, oh, that put okay. us over. Like, we were able, I think in total, we made, like, 20 bucks to cover our cupcakes. Yeah, because yeah, um, we made cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, we, we bought cupcakes from Michaela Kramer. Yeah, we were able to pay all of our bands. It wasn't anything excessive, but, like, we paid all of our bands. And yeah, no, John Finn's a younger band, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love younger bands and because of that. Another going to point out the the Wolf Road release show. I was just going to say I figured out my favorite show when I saw Young Douglas live for the first time. The Wolf Road release show. (laughs) That was our first sold out show. Yeah, yeah, I was going to go and then it sold out. It sold out to the point that we were counting people as they were leaving and asking if they were coming back because we had a line outside waiting to see if we could sell them tickets. Yeah, so that show is insane. So one of my um, probably 
least favorite to physically book, but favorite yeah, that was show a very that we book. Yeah, very stressful. Um, that was at that like coffee shop kind of place, right? Cafe. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did an acoustic thing there once. It was it was cool, but I was like. When, when I saw they were playing there, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. But I saw the photos from it, and I'm like, Jesus. Oh, my God, that yeah. That show was crazy. So, um, for that one, they, uh, Chris, I don't know if you know him, but he worked for Loyola Corps. Yeah, he's a good he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, like, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, And I didn't know him well, but Nina was like, Chris and I did Loyola Corps together. He my old doing. band, Save Yourself, played with his old band, uh, Storm the Front, like, okay. several times. Back when he was still, like... 15, 16 years old. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm like six years his elder, but still, like, he was a little kid, and we were in our early 20s. I'm like, damn, these little kids can get it. It's like, <laughs> they, 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 because they were in high school, high school kids don't have, they can't go to bars. They can't, they don't right. have shit to do, so they're all coming out. Like, we were able to draw that shit with my old high school band. We sucked. High school yeah. bands draw so much. I know. It makes me so happy to see, like, their friends coming out like that. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, but so, like, Chris reached out, and he was like, hey, this is going to be our first ever show. We can draw 300. And Katie and I were like, you can you can draw 300? What? Yeah, and we, we were like... We were together when we got the email and we read it together. And we were like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, so originally they had asked us for like a, a mid-sized room. And we were like, well, like our costs for those are pretty high. What about like downstairs sub T? And they were like, we'd prefer not. Yeah. And I was like, well, think about it. What if you saw it your first ever show? It would be super cool. Yeah. So we were talking to sub T. Sub T was like, we're booked. And I was like, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll go to Cobra. We went to Kobo. Kobo was like, we're booked. We went to Beat Kitchen. Beat Kitchen was like, we're booked. And I was like, I'm telling you, every single venue is booked. Like, this is November. Well, we changed the weekend of that show, like, twice. Too. Yeah. They wanted in November, um, which, you know, fall for this type of music. It's huge for shows. Yeah. So we were like, listen, your option is to push it out to December or to take this small coffee shop in Uptown. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to push. Like, my family all knows, let's, let's just take a small coffee shop in Uptown. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So we threw together the show. Um, I had heard when we were looking for local bands, uh, just in general, to put on our roster to reach out to, I had come across Young Douglas, and I absolutely fell in love. Uh, one of my all-time... There's a song called Weavin'. Okay. I'm obsessed. They played it, and I actually have a video on my phone of her, like, jumping around and I think I cried. Um, it's super cute. It's super cute video. One of I'll my play that at the end of this episode. Yes. Okay. One of my all-time favorite bands. Um, and so I finally got to see them live. And they were our opener. Um, wow. And I cried. I was yeah. so excited. And they were sweetest people. They were like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and then I think about like halfway through our second band, um, we were looking at each other like, Oh shit! There's a lot of people here. Because it sold out in advance. It wasn't even sold out the doors. It sold out. Yeah. It sold out in advance, like two days in advance. Um, and we had saved like 15 tickets that we hadn't put up yeah. that we were gonna sell the doors. But then, Wolf Road was like, and another band, Authentic Pines, I think. We're like emailing us. They're like, we have family who want tickets. So we're like, okay, we'll put the 15 up at the door, and then each band had two guest list spots. Yeah, for our DIY spaces, we always uh, put the cap on line 15 to 20. 15 to 25 people less than what it really is. Yeah, that's so, smart. Yeah, you online. Wanna, you don't want to oversell shit. Or, yeah, online we always do 75. So, like, cap at that venue is technically 100. And we figure 75 plus bands, crew, and us right. will probably be 100, maybe a little less. Um, so, we like counted up everybody and we were like, all right, let's sell it. And so, like, we're so packed, and the venue owner 
we had been working with him so often that he was like, I'm not even going to be there until later. And he walked in and he was like, oh shit. Yeah. And we were like, listen, so we have people who want to come. We want to pack the house. What do we do? And he was like, you can want some more in. And we were like, all right. Yeah. So then it got to the point where like you could barely even move. Yeah, you couldn't move. We had box stands like taped to the walls. So that you could like breathe still. Yeah, I can imagine. And like if you go to the bathroom, it was actually easier to go out the front, walk around to the alley, and come in the back door to get to the bathroom than it yeah. was to try to walk through the crowd. It yeah. was crazy. Um, but it was probably one of the most fun. Um, every band on that lineup, so it was uh, Wolf Road, Authentic Pines, The Homecoming, and Young Douglas. And every single one of them, no matter how young the band, had incredible stage presence. And they all brought out like a super energetic crowd. Like every. There was never, you know how like sometimes you're at a show and there's a point where like the crowd is just like dead and looks bored? Yeah. That never happened. Yeah. It was, was so cool. Yeah, it was crazy. It's that our, was it's our crowd a lot because we're, we're used to playing to like punks in their 30s. So. <laughs> right. That was the first time I remember being like, oh my God, we're doing it. Like we're actually doing it. Yeah, it was. It Printing was. out the notes that sold out to put on the door was the coolest feeling. It didn't stick to the door because it was so hot inside and so cold outside yeah. that it was like so humid. The door was like it looked like it was raining. Yeah. But like we had the sign. Yeah, I saw like even in the pictures. I saw. I noticed that. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, it was insane. It was probably one of my favorite shows that we've ever booked. Uh, second runner up is Save Face. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm obsessed with Save Face. Also. <laughs> so first time I saw Save Face was in Centennial Lanes. Uh, there was about ten people. They were opening up for someone a little bit bigger, but I can't remember who it was. No way. Was it everyone Was it? Oh, yeah. Sorry, it was everyone <laughs> I didn't see. You can talk, bro. It's fine. Oh, yeah, talk. <laughs> that, show, that show was... Listen, I didn't want to get in your thing. Uh, that show was Sudden Suspension, Sleep On It. It was their Sudden Suspension's last show. With sleep on God bless Brandon Stacy. I'm so sorry. I showed up, I watched Save Face, and I left. Yeah, I think they you missed it. better. You, they probably played Better Love that night. Yeah, and I you missed it. I uh, just learned we? of Better Love like a year ago. I don't know, I <laughs> I don't know if we you. did. You found that a year ago? <laughs> After you guys had already broken up. <laughs> wow. And then you played it for her on the acoustic tour, so everything's yeah. okay. Um, it's never happening. Ever. We screamed That's over right. the entire song. No one but us heard it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the first time I saw Save Face, uh, there was about 10 people in the room. Yeah. And uh, that was probably one of my first time ever being up close and watching the vocalist also be the drummer. And I was like, this shit's cool. Um, so it was very, like, interesting to see because it's just, like, you're not expecting it. You're just yeah. like, oh, shit. And, like, if you ever, like, like watch it, like, he's screaming and i'm like how do you have the lung capacity um, um, no, i mean uh, you're talking about chris right the drummer yeah, yeah. it's not like that anymore yeah this was the first time i ever saw yeah. Peter tours with them now okay uh, he did he did a few shows I he, no oh okay yeah i don't know who's drawing for safe face right now it's Aren't funny is, uh yeah my the bassist in my old band uh who played that show is in safe face now yeah and i think they're the only you know formal members yeah which is kind of funny yeah um, but so it was the coolest thing. I literally watched them. I was one of the only people that knew the words. It was actually came up on my time hop a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, and so I watched them and I left and I was like, this band is sick. And then uh, I drove out to Bloodfest to see them. I've seen them at different festivals. Like, Bloodfest. Yeah, like I have gone out of my way to see Save Face as often as possible. They played um, Alex Faringa. He uh, had him play and he had Tyler uh, play in 
his living room and I cried watching Tyler play. <laughs> um, they did a sold out show, I think, at Sub T and I cried. Like, I, one of my all time favorite bands. Um, and so Nina, like, texted me one day and was like, so I think we're booking Save Space. And I was like, we're booking who? <laughs> um, so that was super exciting. That was actually a year ago um, in, June. in June. It was June 22nd. But I think my all-time favorite show that I've ever attended, um, first time I saw Transit Live. Okay. Yeah. I saw them. It was Warped Tour 2015. I had never heard of or seen Transit before. Joyride just came out. And Joe B. jumped into the crowd, and I held him up, and I just, like, screamed at the top <laughs> of my lungs. One of, another show that I really liked was Double Door. Um, it was. R.I.P. Yeah. Microwave, Somos, Have Mercy, and Transit. Cool. I was at that show. It was a sick show. I miss Double Door so much. I know. I only got to play there once. I was. It was when I was in El Famous. We played with North Lane there. And it was a lot of fun. And then I'd, I'd only been there like two or three other times, and that was it. I'm trying to think. I, I normally have like more questions, like just random questions, and I'm trying to like remember them. Because I, I wanted to start a segment on this where I'm just going to go, like, like 10 random, like, quick answer questions. Oh, my God. I used to interview bands on, like, Warped Tour and stuff. And we'd yeah. do, like, rapid fire. And we'd be like, you're at Walmart on a day off. What do you buy? Mm-hmm. And the yeah. answers you get are crazy. Or, like, we do, like, the last song you cried to, which is always, like, bands on tour give you really weird answers because, you know, they're just, like, emotionally drained. So, like, what's the last song you cried to? And they'll be like... Uh, whatever song Attila opens their set with. And I'd be like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good cry or a bad cry? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, what was going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, crazy bitch. I like the way she rides this dick. It just got to me, you know? It's really moving lyrics. I felt it in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, I've been living that my whole life. And just, he just, he said it. And it just, it just hit me. Me, Taylor Swift saying if Taylor can't come to the phone because she's dead. It's like, yeah, I really feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shit. I mean, I I haven't done one of these in so long because the last oh, one I did. Sitting in our houses. Yeah, I know. The last one I did of this was uh, with four stars, and that was recorded in fe- end of February, and then I actually put it out at the beginning of March, and then. Yeah. What sweet boys. I know. I have a question. Favorite show that should have happened but got canceled because of the pandemic. Oh damn. That we booked, that Hang we would have been. Booked. I gotta open. I gotta open my notes app. So here. I know mine off the top of my head okay, because go. I jam them every day. Um, so there's this band called Overboard. Called Overboard. My favorite song is Overboard. Um, but it. Oh, what is? What is the name of that band? You talking about the? It was gonna be at Inside Town, right? Yeah. Was that the? It was a Sun Sleeper show. It was Sun Sleeper with. We combined two tours for that, didn't we? Hold on. Stay Outside. The oh. band called Stay Outside. Okay. My favorite song is Overboard. I was singing it in my head and I was like, I cannot think of anything but the <laughs> word Overboard. I've heard the name before, but I, I've never checked them out. But. They're also really good. Um, we, I think, had like Ooh, I know which one a couple of different um, venue issues where we tried to like put it at different venues and we finally settled at Inside Town. Yeah. Um, but it was supposed to be, I think, like the weekend run club and uh, yep. stay outside, and, and it was just, club. yeah. And 
I wanted to see you stay outside. So the agent sent us the music and we always listen before to see if we have bands that go well with it and whatnot. And I listened and I was like, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. yeah, we're doing it. I like those bands. So I had never heard of them before and the agent sent it and I was like, yeah. So I think my favorite, it was supposed to actually be this month. And it sounds funny saying it because maybe I'm like, I was supposed to be on the tour because it was Jake's tour, so it was Overgrow. But it was going to be Mover Shaker, Short Fictions, Overgrow, Rare Candy, Splits. Oh, yeah. That was that was so early in that. and uh, We had the venue and we had the full lineup confirmed, but we couldn't ever announce anything yeah. because like Short Fictions was supposed to be on tour and we were going to be, it was going to be like Overgrow was on tour with Rare Candy for a minute and then like hopped on the Short Fictions tour. And uh, Short Fictions is uh, Alex Martin, yeah. the booking agent. So like it was going to be really cool. And I was really looking forward to it because also like, I just fucking love the splits. Right, I love splits. They're so good. They're so nice. That's I think I know the guy that's in that band. Matthew Backtat? No. No? No. I feel like everyone knows Backtat. I, I might be thinking of a different band even, who knows, but. That, that tour was, so that show was one of those weird things where like, I, we, we you guys held it. on to, because we held on to it as Overgrow, Rare Candy, Short Fictions, and somebody else as a local that was, may have been splits for like a couple more months because Mover Shaker dropped. Yeah, Mover quick. Shaker dropped, and then it was just all changing. But like that original lineup was going to be so sick. Yeah. And I think about it a lot, and I'm really sad about it. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely in the last like year come across so many bands that have like quickly become some of our like go-to bands to listen to while we're getting stuff done yeah, yeah. yeah. the thing i'm sad about thinking about like shows that were supposed to happen um september we is uh the awareness month for my brain condition that i had surgery for and we were planning a benefit show for that oh, wow. and wow. there is actually another band um in our scene called when the sun sets who's oh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember who it is in relation to them that has the same condition as me, but they know someone or was a family member of somebody that had the same condition as me. Okay. So we were going to have them on the show, and I was just, like really excited that like it wasn't just like random bands that I liked coming to support me. Yeah. It was like people that also understood what it was like to yeah, like yeah. take care of somebody with this condition and like live with the condition that were coming to like raise money together. Yeah. That one was going to be really cool, and I'm really sad that, like, I don't... Shows aren't going to happen next month. Yeah. It was supposed to be at the beginning of next month, too. It was supposed to be in, like, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah another uh, benefit one. So, we were doing benefit shows for every month except for May. Yeah. Um, so, in May, we had this whole event plan. Um, so, Crown Liquors was a... Uh, it's, oh, my God. I forgot about yeah, that. It was a, uh, yeah. It was a half-liquor store. Rest Yes. Wasn't it? Wasn't that like right down the street from um, that campus place? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was like mine and Michelle's go-to hangout spot. Yeah, it was down the street from where one of my best friends lived, and it was down the street from campus. It was walking distance from my apartment. It was like yeah, one definitely of our bought liquor places. from there to bring to campus when yeah. we played there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually how um, our relationship with Crown started. Okay. Um, was that we had a show at campus um, <laughs> that got out of hand. And so it got shut down, and we had one band left to play. <laughs> and so the Melissa was working at the time. Melissa rounded it all up. She called Crown and said, "Can we throw a show at your? Can we throw our last band at your bar?" And they were like, "Yeah, Fuck yeah." Yeah. So we literally carried everything down the street. Well, Melissa, I wasn't there. All props to Melissa. Yeah. Melissa was a badass. Yeah. Melissa and the band carried it down to to Crown, set up a show, and played the rest of that set. 
Um, so that's how we kind of started it. And then from there, um, since campus was BYOB, we would say, hey, if you want alcohol before the show starts, you need to go down to Crown Liquors right now, buy it, and come back. Um, so that was, like, our, like, go-to place to send people there. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, after that, um, I started going there all the time, and then I became close. Uh, Vito books there sometimes, but you can't charge at the door. Okay. Um, so then I was talking to uh, the bar manager. Her name was Kelly. And I was like, yeah, so I love her so much. Yeah, I was like, we have all these really stupid ideas of events that we want to do, but nowhere to put them because normally you have to pay for a, a space yeah. uh, and get the liquor licenses and all that. And she goes, bring me your stupid ideas. And I was like, all right, listen, so Kesha's is coming to play. And Kesha was supposed to play a show uh, May 23rd in Chicago. And so May 23rd. I'm not going to go to that, actually. <laughs> Do me too. Um, so for our, uh, this was right around the time that uh, Kesha was going through her, uh, like, lawsuit and all of that. And so I told Kelly, I said, hey, we do benefit shows um, where we usually give away, like, part of our ticket sales. And she was like, well, we can't charge at the door. It's like a rule that we have here is that we always want people to feel welcome, yeah. but you can take donations. And she was like, and we can give, like, a profit, like, if they buy a certain drink, we can give a dollar from each drink bought or whatever. And I was like, cool. So Kelly and I sat down and kind of, like, put it all together. And uh, it was supposed to be a Kesha-themed night um, where we had Kesha-themed cocktails. And we were sponsored by a glitter company, an edible glitter glitter company. company. Edible glitter. Yeah, they were, uh, I was working with the, the glitter company to put together drink specials where if you bought one of the glittery drinks, it would go to um, a specific organization called uh, Connections for Abused Women and Their Children, which is a local charity in Chicago. Um, and so it was all for women who were victims of uh, domestic abuse and their children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, honestly, such a cool idea. And the flyer was so sick. And our drink ideas were so cool. We were going to do like a Jack and Coke with a toothbrush in it. Yeah. And stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, we had so many ideas. And, and, like, the glitter company were, like, this is the coolest thing we've ever heard. They were, like, whatever you want, you got it. They were, like, yeah. just slap our logo on stuff, and we don't even care. Like, it was, yeah, like, honestly I was just going to, like, a bunch of photos, and we were going to, like, watermark them with their logos and, like, have stickers of theirs out and stuff like that. Yeah, they were, like, we'll okay. send you coasters, like, whatever. And I was, like, all right, cool. Those theme night shows are always so much fun like yeah like the, the one fun. show that we do every year is snooze fest and it's our punk rock really pajama cool. party I've been at that every but year. yeah it's it's I, it's kind of a bummer i feel like it's not gonna happen this year because it's yeah. always in january but like right. i feel like that's too soon but like you know I, i've been to shows where it's like oh just randomly it's like it's hawaiian shirt night i'm like all right fuck yeah so then oh, everyone shows up with lays and shit like it's just, we had um the same Pepper day cover show too then mark yeah we were working on a couple of like themed things uh our biggest thing was our benefit shows and we would always make them like related so um our in january we uh donated to nami and um it the one of the bands that had played had a song about um someone close to them that had committed suicide um so doing something for uh national like mental health was like very big to us um february was when the australian fires were happening so we did the that was like koala we put a lot into yeah we um that was the one we played that was a lot of fun and people who brought stuff out michaela was selling cupcakes yeah yeah it was cool you guys had like raffles and shit yeah we a lot of money that night yeah we raised fifteen hundred dollars um, and then from there, that's kind of like the energy we wanted to take to all of our shows. We had one in March that we had to cancel for Trans Day Visibility. We had a show that was all trans or non-binary bands. Oh, nice. 
Um, but that was unfortunately the weekend after everything closed, yeah. so that one didn't happen. Um, yeah, and then we were gonna do uh, we were gonna do not only like a pride show in June, but a pride after party at Crown. So we were gonna do like exclusively LGBT bands, and then throw an after party, and probably see if we get like edible glitter in on it again and stuff like that, and have like pride themed drinks and stuff like that. Um, what were the other ones we were working on for those? We talked about doing a lot of drives. Um, Doing a food drive or a soup kitchen in, in November. Yeah, yeah. Or like a coat drive in like December, or like a toy drive and stuff like that. We've done in the past. Yeah, Out of Context is always done. Uh, they do a toy drive every single year. And we were going to uh, do a breast cancer one for October. Yeah. Which obviously it's October and it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool that you guys do that so Yeah, frequently. there's something. So Nina instilled a lot of like very specific values in the Out of Context. Um, that are things that I think a lot of people don't pay attention to. Um, if you look at any of our shows in 2017, uh, I think almost every single show we've ever booked in 2017 had at least one person of color or one non-male on the show. Nice. Almost every single one. And that's something we tried to carry on Yeah. Too. There was definitely a couple of shows where it's hard to always have an inclusive lineup, unfortunately, right. in a music scene that is yeah. mostly white men. The hardest thing is um, if there's a... a three band tour package um, and you can only fill it with one local uh, so things like that are kind of hard but it's something that Nina definitely was like you have to do um, another thing that Nina instilled in us was um, the shows are not for us to make money it's for our friends to make money or for our bands to make money yeah. um, which is like the coolest thing that I think like Nina ever really laid out for me um, yeah obviously if you make money it's, it's a Upside. Making money but, feels cool, but it feels cooler like handing someone money for the art they do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like with, without the bands, what what would you be what doing? Are we? Yeah, exactly. agreed. Um, another like that's something that Nina kind of just like really drilled into us. She was like, if you can walk away with forty, but your bands walk away with nothing, you didn't earn that forty. And I was like, you're right. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And so I, that was something I didn't realize was like wasn't like a universal like promoter thing until I was like touring with bands and like meeting other promoters and things and I was like oh my god not everyone does that yeah and like I definitely feel bad sometimes when I'm like I can throw you $20 but it's like bands are always super grateful and I'm like all right yeah like and Nina always told me to be very transparent she was like tell them like what ticket prices were how many you sold like tell the bands because not only does it help you grow, but it helps them grow, and it's just like a really good working relationship. Yeah, as you know, every time we've played an Out of Context show, it's always been very like upfront and straightforward, and there's no like, I have no idea how many people were there, or yeah. I have no idea, or it's like, oh, what did we make? Like sometimes we walk away from a show, we're like, did we make any money? Like, no, none of us got paid. Oh, all right, well, whatever. We made some merch money, that's fine. Like, you yeah. know. Collaborations was another thing that Nina like really instilled. So when I started working with Nina, we did uh, one of the first times I met Katie was at um, the basement of uh, a coffee shop, where Nina put together a little like, uh, like networking event. Um, yeah. I think it was Bridget, um, who did. I think uh, she was in a magazine. She did PR. I think so. Um, Wasn't it in partnership with Girls Behind the Rock Show? Yeah. Yeah, she worked with Girls Behind the Rock Show to put together this little networking event where a couple of people spoke and you kind of got to, like, see what people in the industry are doing. And so it wasn't a show, but it was for the scene. And it was, it was like, it was really cool. That was, like, a cool thing. Cause it, like, you sat in a room with only, like, women in music, and it was cool looking around. Like, at that point, I think I was 19, maybe. Yeah. And I looked around, and, like, there were girls younger than me in that room. And it yeah. was cool, like, yeah. knowing that I wasn't the youngest generation yeah. of 
like women were yeah. kind of working yeah. music. Um, and then Nina, so Nina's start in music was with um, Loyola Core and, and booking a breast cancer awareness show. Right. Um, so that's kind of something that Nina always carried. And she was like, if I, if I can do something to have fun, get people together, and also raise a crap ton of money, let's do it. Um, so she did that in 2018, I think it was, when all of that happened with Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. Nina raised, uh, would take money from shows that she made and would donate it. And she would make them specifically, like shows specifically for Puerto Rico Relief, because that's Nina's Puerto Rican. So like, yeah. the stuff like that is just something that like, always kind of appealed to me. Nina made it very clear that like, out of context has very high values and like, specific things we do. Yeah, and I think, so we don't want to ever first, that. I think the first time I met Nina, it was funny because like, there was one time I was at a party at her house and she was just like, so I was thinking, how did you and I meet? I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know when we met. <laughs> but me with everybody now. But like, we, uh, <laughs> we're like, we, we narrowed it down. So we think it was when they booked that show with Beartooth mm-hmm. that El Famous played. And that was a benefit show too. It was yeah, like a Hope for the Day thing. Nina, so Nina has a tattoo because she was like, when I saw it my first show, yeah. I'm going to get a tattoo of it. And that was the show that she sold out. Why did we do that? that? She got Young Douglas tattoos. I would have loved that. <laughs> You just get the name it's Douglas tattooed on you, and you're like, "Who's it's Douglas?" You're like, "You won't understand." I have their CD on my desk. I can take some art. <laughs> I have lots of space to fill on my leg. So do yeah. you. We're good. But yeah, I mean, thanks for coming out and doing this. It's been fucking forever, and I was yeah, like, it was, yeah. it was nice being out of the house and seeing people. Yeah, right? that's that's what I've been doing. Like, like when I when I mentioned earlier when we filmed that music video, I was like, "Oh fuck, we're all in the same spot." And then the only other time we did that was this past weekend was my birthday. Yeah. Not not like yesterday, but um, week before. Um, so we're just like, what can we do? I'm like, for once, my birthday is on a weekend, and I can't do shit. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, let's all go camping. So the whole band went camping with like That's our cool. significant others and shit, and it was it was a lot of fun. And we're just like, I was like, fuck, man, like we haven't been able to do this in forever. Even when we do get together to do band shit, it's like a couple of us. It's not all four of us. So it's like, yeah, you yeah. know. It's been a weird year not seeing people. Yeah, yeah, this was like a like a celebratory. It's my 25th birthday. Yeah. So I was like super excited and had all these plans. You weren't and... excited. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Larissa, it was her it was her 25th birthday on February 25th. So it was her golden birthday. So we threw a fucking party for yeah. her and everything. And that then happened, like, right in time, yeah, two two weeks later, everything shut down. We're like, oh shit! Like, this is the only year that it works in my favor that I don't acknowledge my actual birthday. Yeah, <laughs> because no one's gonna be like, oh my god, what are we doing for your birthday? Let's do something for your birthday. I'll be like, <laughs> pandemic. Sorry, we can't. <laughs> I'm gonna run away and hide on my birthday. <laughs> Michelle, can you hide me on my birthday? You're one of the few people who know when it is, so yeah. I trust you to hide me. I won't let you blow the secret, so don't even... T- I was going to ask when your birthday is, but don't even say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a day in October. We'll leave it at that. It right. starts with a one and it ends with a nine. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, no, listen. There's a reason I don't celebrate my birthday. It's cursed. Explain. So, I share. I shared a birthday with my grandmother who passed away this year. Um, so, the curse might be lifted as of this year. We'll find out in October. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, so it started off like little things. This sounds so dramatic, but I promise it actually <laughs> is. So it started off with like, I got chicken pox on my birthday, which is like, as a kid, that's like the end of the world. Yeah. But then like the next year, I had a pet snake and I got sick and died on my birthday. And then like, my great grandma died on my birthday. And then like, 
Uh, I had a sister's friend take her own life on my birthday. I had a woman who was basically my second mother die right before my birthday and her funeral was like right on my birthday or something like right around there. So I got to a point where I just don't acknowledge it now. And every year somebody says happy birthday to me and whoever says it to me, something bad happens to them. Uh, this past year for... Good to know. I won't write yeah. on your Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have it on my social media for that exact reason because I'm terrified from like one of my friends are going to die. This I don't think I've ever known someone who doesn't have their birthday on their Facebook anywhere. because of curses. Yeah. Not because of like privacy. No, it's just not listed anywhere. <laughs> but this year may not be a thing. Yeah, it may not be a thing because grandma died, but I don't want someone I care about to be the person <laughs> who wishes me happy birthday. So I, I just also don't want like I would rather like someone random just find out and maybe they like stub their toe. Versus like this last year, my friend Ashley wished me a happy birthday and they got attacked by like a rabid cat and had to go to the emergency room. Oh, fuck. They texted me happy birthday that morning. I'm like, happy birthday. I know you don't celebrate this day, but it's going to be good. I promise. I love you. Like, you're going to go see your boyfriend. You're going to drive to Columbus. Like, it's going to be a good day. And I was like, it's going to be a good day. And then like four hours later, I was like doing the engagement session really quick before driving to Columbus. And they text me and they're like, I'm on my way to the hospital. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> So, damn. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll wish you a happy belated birthday. Yeah. I yeah, think just, I'll, like, I'll just wait a couple days. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, we joked that we were gonna celebrate my half birthday, but there then like my half birthday this year was at like the peak of the pandemic in April. Oh yeah. So starting next year, maybe we'll have like a Caitlyn's half birthday show at not next year. Like October two 20th. years. Yeah. No, it's still too close. I think the curse <laughs> could travel. If somebody does like witchcraft or something and doesn't have a lift to curse and listens to this and you just like hit me up. Yeah, that would be great. So, any witches out there? Yeah. Because I know I got a lot of them. Someone who uses, like, TikTok and, like, does all the witchy stuff, hit me up. Find the girl with the moon. Yeah, who's that girl who hexed the moon? I learned that one from Twitter. Yeah, someone hexed the moon, but I don't think I want her help, so she probably hexed me, too. Fuck, yeah. It's probably the same person. (laughs) It probably is. I, like, was convinced for the longest time that someone just had my voodoo doll and was just, like... What if I took her grandma and threw her down the stairs? <laughs> you just have her, your birthday on, the, on their calendar, yeah. and they're just like, all right, time to break out the voodoo doll. Let's fuck it. Yeah, it's like a dart with like random up. things written on it, and whatever they hit my birthday with was what happened. Yeah. So, like, this yeah. year, watch, like, some new, like, pandemic starts, like, a new plague starts. Oh, no. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there you go. Knock Knocked on wood. We're good. Oh, my God. You knocked it's on wood, and my lights turned on. Hell yeah. And they're That's purple. That's weird. That it's might be a good sign. That might yeah. be a good sign. They're solar powered, so I don't know. I don't know what that means, but they almost match my head. You've so got I the energy of the sun. Yeah. That's what just happened. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I harnessed the sun. Fuck yeah. I, I was glad that you guys were down to do this because I wanted someone who was like, you know, booking shows who was like, you know, because every band is the same thing. Like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm, I just got my day job or yeah. like shit like that. So like you guys actually do a lot more. You're, you, you do different shit behind the scenes yeah. than what most of my friends do so i was i was glad that you guys were able to do this um thank you so um you know before we go you want to just like plug and uh, i know you guys don't have any dates or anything like that but yeah, like got, just like the nothing. social medias or anything like that yeah like, um the out of context social media is all get to the gig with a two and not the word yes yeah. um we don't really have anything to plug except for um, donate to Save Our Stages if you can. Yeah. Um, and if you really feel like giving us money, uh, send it to Katie's Cash App. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I have a Redbubble that had some out of context designs on it. I don't know if they're still up there, but I can put them back up if anyone wants some like out of context shirt that you buy through Redbubble because yeah. we don't have money to print them ourselves, but Redbubble will do it for us. 
So, we have this cute little cat design that I made for a birthday show last year. Or not last year, in February. I think you guys played it for Lexi. Yeah, yeah. The little cat with the birthday yeah, hat. We made, we made a, uh, I made a little design out of that that I was going to make into pins. And then, those are on my Redbubble. If anyone wants to, I'm um, Katie on Twitter. You can just harass me until I give you a link. Since you're here and you chimed in, you may as well plug some <laughs> stuff, you know? Uh, wow. Um, I mean, we just shot a video. That's a whole... <laughs> You're an, you're an overgrow, by the way. Yeah. Or you are overgrow? Um, that you're... I like to think of it as I'm in it because it's never it's never at any point just me, but I'm the only person that... Uh... I'm actually the only member of overgrow. We decided that on tour oh. before we... I went on tour with him last October, or September into October, and on the first day of tour, he was saying something about like not hitting other band members, and I was like laying in the back of the van and jumped up and was like, can I be in your band? And this was like... Context here is like, this is the first time I had ever met this human being. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, fuck it, yeah, you're the only member of Overgrow. So I like tweeted it, and I was like, as of this second, Overgrow is me. So in case anyone was wondering, he's not Overgrow, I'm Overgrow. Got it. He's just in the band. Got it. Mm -hmm. I, so <laughs> it's my thing, but there's always someone else, so I'd ever like to think of it as like my thing. Cool. But um, yeah, so, um, so the, uh, yeah, new record, new videos stuff like that. I'm trying to stay busy. But. You were the last show that I attended and didn't play was you with Bill Murray. Oh, so. hell yeah. That was such a good show. <laughs> that was right. Like, I, I saw you. I was like, hey, God damn, this guy's cool. Show. That was a really yeah. big show. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the shows that I think we were one of our bigger shows. So That was the biggest guarantee I ever had promised somebody and it yeah. was terrifying sending that email. <laughs> you, yeah. I thought you said that was like the biggest OOC show or like had the record or if it was it if it sold out it had the record. It was one of our biggest. Um, no, because we had sold out Cobra before because the City Month EP release show sold out Cobra. Okay. Over, yeah. Oversold Cobra, sold out Cobra. One of the two. Um, so we have had big shows there. Um, but it was our biggest, one of our biggest, definitely the biggest between me and Katie, one of our yeah. biggest um, overall. Nina did a lot of the guarantees and stuff, so okay. I just counted the money at the end of the night. So yeah. I didn't know how much she actually promised them. I just was told what to do. But it was it was one of our first big shows. Um, and at the time, we had been working almost exclusively locally, yeah. um, with the exception of like a couple bands from like the Midwest area. We didn't yeah, really yeah. have any traveling from too far. Um, so then we had uh, John um, reach out about Bill Murray and was like, yeah, we want you to do it. And we were super excited because, of course, it's Overgrow, which is mm -hmm. an extension of us. Um, <laughs> Y'all haven't booked every... OOC, in some way, has booked every single show at Overgrow has ever played in Chicago. You're welcome. It was all Nina and then y'all yeah. this last time. Yeah. ...show and then told us, like, how big he expected it to be and, like, <laughs> the money that he wanted. And he kind of, like, laid it out for us, like, here's what a bigger show is supposed to look like. And we were like, oh, <laughs> this is that how it works. That was a really cool show, too, though, because Cobra's not usually open on Sundays in the winter. Mm -hmm. And Cobra went out of their way to open for us, and, and they staffed the bar concert. for us. And at the end of the night, I was talking to a couple of the bartenders, and they, like, literally were thanking me and Michelle, like, for showing nice. the show because they were like, we made so much money because of you guys like I didn't want to come into work today but took it because like who knows maybe the show will pop off and I was like yeah like it did man that it was, did and we all got mac and cheese yeah we yeah, all had mac yeah. and cheese <laughs> um, something weird just flew by yeah it was, was a really big moth yeah. I saw I got really excited I really love moths so nice. I just 
<laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Sometimes in this big ass tree, there's like a family of raccoons that just likes to hang out. I love that. And then like the mom will just like stare us down, like the fuck are you doing? I'm like, we just live here, bro. It's fine. We're, <laughs> we're just neighbors. Yeah. I love that. And then you one time they them. they all they all climb down to the roof and they're just like looking at us from the roof, just like. You should name them. We should. My friend Mo from uh, Arizona was visiting for Riot Fest last September and. They don't really have many squirrels out there in Arizona, so she was naming every squirrel she saw. Oh, here. I do that because she squirrels daily, so yeah. I love that. Every time she saw a fat one, she named him Dre after our, our Australian friend. I love that. <laughs> so, like, that one's Dre, and Dre's like, you fucking cunts. But... <laughs> <laughs> That was the, that was Dre. That was the guy. That was he was also guy. at the Boys of Fall, the show that they played before Riot Fest. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that's the one. That we had come to he came crown to, with us. Came to crown with us. That yeah. dude's nuts. I like. I so so I'm in the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, like All Access yeah. Club, yeah. and so I know him from that. Okay. And so okay. a bunch of a bunch of people from that club all all come in for Riot Fest. Yeah. So like, um, Dude, he was so nice. He was so cool. He's amazing. Yeah, I see, he had he brought this bottle of fucking like Australian. Yeah, yeah. Rum. He making us try it. Yeah, I have that bottle at our practice space. Like. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, he came to. He came kept to taking Canada. out all these Australian treats. We're like Jesus Christ, man, you brought a grocery store. He like store showed here. up to the pre-show with his suitcase, and he was like, "Is there any way I can put this?" And I was like, "I'll keep those back." Here. <laughs> yeah, because they they flew in the night before. My friend Mo from Arizona crashed with us here. We had just moved here like two weeks before, so yeah. like. We're just like, well, we have a couch you can sleep on. That's about right. it. We didn't really have much furniture or anything like that. Um, and then the next day they were staying at a hotel or something like that. So then they just brought all their shit and just put it under our merch table. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they were going straight to the hotel after. They came to, they came to uh, Crown with us after. And that was a very funny night. Yeah. They, they had a wild night. Like, they did a bunch of drugs. And they were like, like Mo lost her phone but then found she it yep, later. Yeah, she at campus. That was... Yep. Yeah, she had signed into her Find My iPhone on one of our phones, and I was like, "That's campus." Oh, that's so campus. funny that that because cool. I like went home because I'd work the next morning, and and then went from work to Riot Fest, and it was just like. Did I remember yeah. I kept running to them at Riot Fest, and they were like, "Eh," and I was like, "Eh, Australian yeah. guy." He that's was. So they, funny. they were all gonna come back for this year too, but you know, uh, of course, Dre was just like. I was planning on coming back to the States again this year, but you fucking American cunts couldn't get your COVID under control. <laughs> <laughs> Stay inside, wear your mask. Hope we get our shit together. Wash yeah. your hands, donate to save our stages, uh, donate to the Milwaukee Freedom Fund because they're helping Kenosha out right now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fuck Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> um, that's such, all I got. I've had such mixed emotions with Lori Lightfoot. Right. We, we can get into that, but that would yeah. be a whole other fucking day. <laughs> but uh that's all i got <laughs> yeah. i'm hoping i'm hoping next year's not so bleak yeah I'm yeah hoping. like i'm really interested to see how people like go about creating things yeah it'll that, be really like, cool every, to see the what rules happens are, the rules are out the window i know like, like we're it, putting out a record next month and then like we're gonna be putting out a full length next year but we're like all right let's it. let's see leak the record <laughs> it's not written yet but we'll leak it yeah Okay, so as you write the songs, leak it. The out of context DMs are always open. <laughs> uh, so are my personal DMs, and I think Michelle's. Yeah. Put it on like Kazaa. Uh, leak it. Bear share or something yeah. like that. But yeah, all right, we are now almost at two hours. Yeah. So hell yeah, we'll wrap this shit up. You guys can get back to your lives. I can go inside. What's it like? I'm I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm very that. sweet. I on a camping <laughs> trip last 
weekend, I just got annihilated by some spiders. Oh, yeah. Like, my legs were just Oh, my God, I got a tattoo, like, two weeks ago, and I got a, a mosquito bite right on the end of it. And I was like, oh, my God, if you fuck it up, I swear I'm going to find you and kill you. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Alrighty, well, shit. Thanks again. And uh, Thanks for having I, us. Hopefully, I'll see you guys around soon. Hopefully, hopefully we can be, you know, like, we can get to a gig. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> Kiss my cheek, make me weak Maybe we can try this out again in 20 years If I'm still here, next to you Doing things that friends aren't even really supposed to do You don't have all the answers And I don't have too many thoughts Let's make the most of it if this life's all we've got I can't say that I'll be coming home I can tell that you already know Makes you cry I think it's my fault But that's because I'm out of touch Ego death What the heck At least my emotions are in check I can't say that I'll be coming home I can tell that you already know That I can't make it on my own You could give me every reason But I just can't imagine leaving Set. What comes next? Maybe there's a chance that you and I will grow apart Let's go back to the start And we'll make a vow to never stop I can't say that I'll be coming home I can tell that you already know That I can't make it